Now, this is a speaker meeting. This is the time for our speaker to share their experience, strength, and hope for approximately 30 minutes. All right. Well, since we're kind of like a hybrid and the audio is being recorded, um, I'll just kind of start off. I'm Jared, compulsive overeater, deserving of unconditional love. Very nice to be here. Um, I just wanted to start with some thanks and gratitude. So just thanks to Maureen for reaching out to me. Um, she was able to kind of connect the dots. She heard me speak at another meeting and I'm just really grateful and, and touched that she um, heard something that, you know, she wanted to share with you guys. And so I'm just really appreciative of being here and thanks Amy and Steph for your service today. And Rick um, also thank you, um, you know, for your service. Um, also to the chip people who are not able to make it, <laughs> congratulations as well. I'll keep coming back. Um, so I'm based up in Seattle, Washington and have been in the rooms for Gosh, now I don't even know or care in a way because all that matters today is that I woke up as a compulsive overeater. That's just the way my brain works. If I obsess about those durations, I, I tend to get obsessive. And so for me, um, that's what works. Um, one housekeeping item, uh, since this is being recorded on audio, um, as well as we're on Zoom right now, those that are here, um, if you are stimulated by visuals, and that can be a good thing, that's kind of the way I like to communicate. However, if you kind of get overwhelmed with a bunch of information, I would ask you actually to maybe just, as I start screen sharing, to maybe just hide your screen and just listen um, you know, to me as well. I will articulate when photos are up if you wanted to see photos. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen. And thanks again, Amy, for making me the host. Um, a little bit about my background. So I'm just gonna walk through these. So. At the 100,000 foot level, um, I'm just a kid from Akron, Ohio. So I grew up in, in Akron and that does kind of coincidentally correlate to 12 step programs out there uh, for those that are familiar with um, the big book. Um, I came out to Seattle in 2006 um, to play ultimate Frisbee as well as to work for a large uh, public accounting firm. One of the things of my story is that I really struggled with the transition from college to work. Um, there was just something about the, you know, ad hoc freedom of college that just gave me that capability to eat whenever I wanted, to exercise bulimic whenever I wanted, to numb myself with recreational drugs uh, whenever I wanted, and to eat a full cheesecake when I used those recreational drugs, um, you know, in response. Um, I'm a fairly insecure person, and so I got uh, part of a kind of evangelical Christian uh, community and then fell into some toxic masculinity and kind of got pressured into getting married. And from my experience, um, I do have three kids, and so I'm really graceful to have them. They are um, both reminders of, you know, they were things that at the time, and I, I'll be really humble when I say this, that I didn't necessarily want, and it's perfectly as it should meaning I accept that I have them and I am bonding with them as well as it's really an opportunity day in and day out to provide them an experience that was different than the way I was raised. Um, I currently struggle with some outside issues around depression and anxiety. Part of my story is I always kind of averaged around like the 190 to 210 weight. And then at my peak, I was right around 297 pounds. So for those that kind of correlate with the century mark, um, you know, I, I don't really look at that as like a big milestone other than for those that are correlated, that is part of my story. 
um, pretty immediate after coming off the food, I started having feelings and I do have a sexuality story as well. Um, I came out to myself while in the program as well as divorced early on in the program and then kind of recovering from that and building relationships. I've been really struggling in relationships. Um, so I have that cycle of get close to me, push you away, get close to me, push you away. So data dumped, data dumped, um, you know, through that fellow travelers in the room and sponsors uh, that I've had throughout the years um, kind of guided me to some other programs as well. So I'm a multiple uh, candidate in other programs. And uh, from my experience, I do tackle those uh, individually, even though in the Venn diagram um, or Olympic rings of it, there are those overlaps. Um, one of the cool recent developments is I am starting to meditate and I am starting to come home to myself and that's been a huge gift. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to share a little bit about this summary in a little bit more detail. Um, so from birth to childhood, um, I just want to say that I was sourced from love, no matter what I was sourced from love, even if it was an instance, I was sourced from love. Um, I do come from a lineage of addiction. I give my parents a shit ton of credit um, around them stopping the alcohol addiction that they were exposed to. So I have a ton of respect for my mom and dad. Um, one of the concepts that really struggled uh, throughout the process for me to get there was the concept of dialectics, which is opposing truths. And so I could not love, I couldn't hate my parents because I always there's an accounting concept called netting, which is like I have 10 minus six and that gives me four. So I always had unconditional love of four, but I couldn't express the six, the negative six that was really impacting me, which was the anger towards my parents. So I had a negative six anger towards my parents over things that they did to me. But really what I wanted to be able to do was say, mom and dad, I 10 unconditionally love you. And in this instance, I have ne negative six which once I tell them about that negative six, I can get the reality to actually know that maybe that's a negative two or a negative one. Um, so my brain is very mathematical, but that's kind of the concept of, of dialectics and how that's been able to help. Um, you know, I did have a little bit of, uh, you know, tobacco use uh, during college. Uh, my parents loved restaurants. That is part of my childhood, six to seven nights a week. Um, so I am a master of Diet Coke. Um, I am a master of, you know, all of those things. And we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, so food was always my solution ever since I can remember. Um, this is me as a child. I love this child. This is the visual um, now that I'm coming home to myself that I get to hold. This is a six-year-old uh, Jared. I do have two brothers uh, to my left and to my right. And for anonymity, um, you know, I'd love to name them, but I name them in love um, as an older and younger brother. I love them both for completely different reasons, and I just appreciate them uh, completely. Wow. So I love to eat. Um, I always competed with my two brothers for Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I call it the hierarchy of cereal. So Cinnamon Toast Crunch to Golden Grahams to Rice Krispies. Um, so as soon as mom came home at 4.30, I needed that shit. I needed the CTC or at lunch, making sure I got the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger from Wendy's. Um, so shout out. Sometimes I convert my um, my own salary into jun junior bacon cheeseburgers at $1.79 a pop. So I missed that 99 cent uh, value menu, which is pretty much imprinted in my head. Got to sub that. You got to sub those fries for the chili. Um, Friday night, I was left to pizza babysitter and Nintendo. I always struggled with abundance. So like my parents provided respect again for my parents. That was their love language. They provided. I had an amazing 
childhood from an image standpoint. Unbelievable access, unbelievable commitment towards education. But again, I feel like it was fueled by fear and by getting in line, stay in line, stay in your lane, don't talk, don't trust, don't feel any emotion. And that's just my experience. I've had conversations with my parents to kind of discuss that. And they're, we're having an ongoing dialogue, which is just a miracle um, to be able to do this before they may pass. And so I'm able to get the realities before you know they leave. And so that's really gonna help my recovery over time. Um, food was my relief from the complexities of life. Um, and the way that it worked was that it turned down my racing mind too numb. And I do struggle with some outside uh, medical diagnoses of ADHD and dyslexia. Um, as well as some others, you know, that I'm going to keep for confidence. Teenage confusion. So here's the photo that really summarizes. Uh, I played golf. I had the blonde tips. My dad was all about not being rebels. So it was just an opportunity for me to be a rebel. Um, you know, it's just hilarious uh, how it all works. And when I look back at this, I just love this kid too, because he was fighting something inside and this was the way it was coming out. And sometimes it comes out of the side and I respect that. Like I respect this Jared who was a complete tech nerd, still played the golf that dad wanted me to play, but I did it my own way. I was super jealous, didn't make the national jump rope team for our, from our middle school. So now I'm actually really, really good at you know, jump rope. I do it all the time. Um, presidential really fitness really fucked me up growing up. So in fifth grade, not being able to do a pull up or a sit up or being able to do the mile run took me 12 plus minutes to, you know, do three quarters of a mile basketball team really fucked me up as well. Sorry for my language. Um, that was the first time I had, you know, complete rejection, um, with my dyslexia reading comprehension led to work avoidance. Thank you so much, Rick. And um, reading comprehension really fucked me up. So I cheated my way. So we had this thing called accelerated reader where you'd hop on an Apple IIe, which I'm a huge Apple nerd. Um, but I would actually just take as many tests as possible to accumulate and accrue as many points as possible to get the B or the A in English class. Um, I was the fat kid, but I was everybody's best friend. I was nominated in high school as a superlative. And that superlative was, you know, easiest to get to know people pleaser. Um, effectively. And so I had Facebook before Facebook, which is very surface level relationships. And I only had a couple really deep relationships. Um, but even those depths were surrounded by common activities. So it wasn't necessarily common emotions, being able to share emotions, which is exactly what I needed as an identified hypersensitive uh, emotion uh, person. I also, I think that last bullet for those that are seeing this, the ultra competitive life, I grew up with three homes. Uh, so it was our home, our neighbors, and then we had a secondary neighbor. We had Ivy League neighbors. Um, and then we had the All-American uh, neighbors as well. So it was just an ongoing competition. Like who could be the best at Magic the Gathering? Who could be the best at chess? You know, there were these moments where we all came together, um, but it was all about competition. That's all about how you got, you know, your ego stroked. It was all about how you felt, felt secure and safe uh, in the world. Also, we had the world's best uh, capture the flag games. So if you ever want to talk capture the flag, uh, feel free to reach out to me offline. 
Um, I did have exercise bulimia as well as I do have a fetish. And I do think that that's part of my overeating as well, um, that I've just had to accept now that I have feelings. Um, as well as I did change diet in high school. So I, as you could see, I, I did have weight, but I also lost that weight. Um, this is during a time when I played a lot of golf and then I did start running to the gym. College peak happiness. Um, as you can see in this photo here on the left, I loved my hemp necklaces. And so you can make the correlation to, you know, some of the other um, drugs that are out there. Um, but I did play a lot of ultimate, which is for those that don't know what ultimate is, um, effectively, you're running a marathon every weekend, um, but doing so with shuttle runs and sprints. And in kind of a way, it was the exact opposite of the presidential fitness um, situation that I had. So it was really a redemption. And I'm proud of Jared, even in the bulimia, to, you know, go for it. Um, and I always love this shirt. This is in England. Um, my brother and I, younger brother and I, have just this real dry humor. And we love um, really the subtleties of life. And so we love things like Diet Coke and just making fun of my parents for drinking what we call chemical water, which is the caffeine-free uh, Diet Coke, which I can't believe my parents drank that shit. Uh, as I indicated at the top of the call, transition to adulthood, this is where things change. So what was it like? I used food, I used exercise, I didn't know. I was in denial. I was conscious or I was unconsciously incompetent to live my world. When I came out here to Seattle, first thing I did was make a friend with a friend at my accounting firm and he lived and is from Hawaii. And so this was a life dream, like five hour flight from Seattle, Washington. I'm just a kid from Ohio. So being able to go um, was incredible. Um, I think the thing that really got me most excited, though, was the uh, macadamia nut pancakes, as well as, you know, learning how to eat spam at the local, um, you know, hole or getting exposed to poke for the first time. I mean, climbing a volcano, get the fuck out of here. That's bullshit. I, that's garbage. Like I was there for the food. Transition to adulthood. So I kind of talked about this. I'd like to highlight here that I started getting whispers or performance issues at work. And so this is something I actually was in denial about because I came from a winning family. I came from a family that was like Ivy League. I came from a family that just gritted their way. And with my learning disabilities, I always found a way, always. Until I had to, in the accounting terminology called what's vouching, which is matching. So I had to literally take these hard copy binders of 1300 cell towers and match it to an Excel workbook. And I had a performance issue because of my learning disabilities being able to, unable to do it. So as a rookie on the team, you're going getting Starbucks. So I'd always get myself two to three, you know, bagels and donuts and things like that. Cause top pot donuts out here in Seattle was, you know, kind of what they ended up doing. And so I'd always grab those as part of that. And this really was the start of the escalator of the complexities of my life. So being able to work from, 9 to, you know, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night or 6 a.m. till about 7 p.m. at night was the beginning of the end for me. So again, you're seeing plump. So I stopped playing ultimate. I got on what's called an SEC inquiry. Uh, this is back in the day where stock options were highly scrutinized by the Securities Exchange Commission. And so next thing you know, putting it on. 
Then I got married, financial complexities, partner had significant debt of which some was hidden. So I took on $250,000 in debt at the beginning of my you know, marriage of which half was hidden into the engagement. And I feared breaking the relationship and or delaying the engagement to have intervention. And as a dialectic, she was unbelievable, incredible person. We are co-parents of our kids and she is a rock. She is incredible. So even with all of that, um, I've been able with honor to continue that out of respect without people pleasing. Um, so she is not my best friend. Um, I am not enmeshing with her. Um, and yet we are, we are still healthy. So respect to her as well. Um, the key there is I was conflict avoidant. I could not stand up to her. The only time I feel like she listened from my experience was when I yelled at her. I raised my voice two times in the marriage. It was the scariest thing I ever did, but those were the only two times she actually respected me um, and listened. So I got married in 2010, but if you see there, I got, had my first kid in 2012. So, okay. So now I'm working from nine to seven. Let's go ahead and add a marriage in there. Let's go ahead and add kids in there. 295 pounds in five years. So in 2017, I had some really serious depression and anxiety. And so what do we do? Well, to offset the financial insecurity, I'm just going to go ahead and do an MBA. Evening MBA. So now I'm working, now I'm traveling to the Bay Area for a sales job and it's garbage. Like I'm adding weight, eating fourth meals, all of that stuff. So at the bottom, this is the summary. So the complexity of life with the lack of outlets, plus food, plus faith, plus community is really that experience. And so food was the best way to managing it. And still to this day, I see it as the solution that helped me when I didn't know any better. So here's some photos. Uh, marriage, first kid, beautiful kid um, as well. We were very image focused. I really kind of got that guidance from my parents. And so I think that was something too that subtly I look back at some of these photos. Um, and so, yeah. Here's a photo of me just kind of stacking it on. And this is when I was in the MBA program, um, kind of peak depression. And so it's not about the vanity. Um, it's really about the insanity that I was numbing. And this is the way that my vessel, um, my body was able to compensate for it. So I'm really grateful to my body for being resilient enough um, to be able to accommodate for that until I was able to start loving myself. So let's transition to what got me in the rooms. It really doesn't matter. Um, Cause really what matters is that it was a byproduct. but if you wanna know, it was really a byproduct of my overthinking um, as well. And so my thinking is what got me into the rooms. And I know a lot of you are like, well, I want a better answer than that. So what really got me into the rooms as well are feedback from others and myself. So I was overweight and depressed, obviously, like I couldn't take off my shirt. I couldn't ride a water slide on a cruise that we took with my family. I was too heavy by three pounds and it was embarrassing. My whole family was there to see it. Um, I was really sad. Food and busyness. So it's that busyness was my solution as well. So just avoiding by time stuffing. And then at one point, my therapist was like, have you ever heard of Overeaters Anonymous? And so I laughed and really my brain went right to Fight Club. 
So Tyler Durden goes, and for those that have not seen the movie Flight, Fight Club, there's this guy, Tyler Durden, and he goes to 12-step meetings in this basement that's dingy, um, coffee, cigarettes, all this stuff. That was my image of 12-step. Um, and so I think it is like in the, you know, getting to the, some of the tradition side hustle, like, you know, in press, radio, et cetera, you know, I think we need to be observant. This is advice, but I'll, I'll keep it from my experience. From my experience, um, that's my experience. However, when I showed up, um, you know, things changed. Thanks, Rick. Let's finish this 10 minutes up. What do you say? All right. My life is unmanageable and powerless over food. I come to believe that I can't do it and I need help. Those are what it is in my wor uh, words through, those, through the rooms. Secondly, the things that I've learned in this room is that I received love and will to receive the love until I uh, can love myself. Personal safety is the rock to the scissors of my fear. So over my shoulder here, for people who can't see, I have a rock, paper, scissors image over my shoulder, and it's a daily reminder that safety is my rock. And then all of the cheesy sayings and all of the cheesy laughter in the rooms and all of the wit that are in the rooms is just the best. It's the most awkward, best I've ever been a part of. We are the weirdest teams. And actually it's funny, statistically, I learned this from an MBA program from outside research that the weirdest teams are the best teams. And so thank you for being the weirdest teams. Let's keep Portland weird and let's keep OA weird. What keeps me coming back is I heard my story. There was a story of this guy who talked about his sixth, seventh bag and eighth bag of Oreos. You bought the sixth, you eat the seventh in the store and you steal the eighth. That to me was a coverage of that this person's story was bigger than mine in this arena. I struggled with food. I love the chicken tenders. I love the, ch uh, the cherry Coke with, with additional grenadine infused at the pitcher level. Um, and it was the clear eyes, the full hearts and the gravitational pull of, of you guys. It was the clear heart. It was the clear hearts. It was the authenticity and honesty of like, I don't have answers. It was the pregnant pauses. It was the emotion and I cannot wait to get physically back in the rooms to smell the air of silence. Can't wait to smell the air of that dank weight of somebody sharing. And I've been loving Zoom so that I can do this and partner with you guys today. The sense of community, light, hope, and strength. I love service. It gets me out of my head. Um, I have to literally, after this, go grab my kids, which again, is tri both triggering and exhausting to me. And it's investing in the long term of a relationship that may blossom, may, my, high, my higher power may blossom, um, you know, with regards to that. Um, if you want to learn more about my story, um, Cass A from the OALA IG podcast, unbelievable. I hope to someday uh, to meet her, um, either in person or on the phone. Um, so if you hear this, uh, you carried me through. Her story is unbelievable um, in regards to how close it is to mine. I've cried through her podcast tons of times, and I just believe that whoever created the podcast and integrated it into OA, um, thank you so much for being that icebreaker for me, because that's really what I needed early on in the program while coming out to myself, while going through a divorce, I had those all the time. So what is my abstinence and what 
you know, I like to kind of check these off as well. Bottom line, it's meetings. Um, my absence is recreational sugar. Um, you can add white flour in there, but I like simplicity. So it really starts with the sugar. White flour effectively turns into sugar. Um, so it's no refined sugar, no artificial sweeteners. Um, I have like a joke that it's HP, which is hello palate. Um, I never knew how freaking uh, amazing a strawberry could taste, for example, um, after getting off the recreational sugars. Um, and so I do allow myself to have apples and strawberries, um, bananas. I allow myself a half as part of a protein uh, shake that I have periodically. Um, no artificial sweeteners. I could drink a gallon plus of crystal light, period. I could drink two and a half gallons of it if I wanted to, to a place where I'm bloated um, because I need that sweet hit onto my head. So really the alternative is hot water with lemon um, is my thing right now. Um, so thanks HP for that. Um, my plan of eating is really in doing the do, um, meaning just being observant. I do wear it like a loose garment. Um, and so the story for the newcomer this morning. So if you listen to earlier in this uh, podcast, um, I correlate with that um, in regards to wearing the loose garment. So I think of like my, like a mom's nightgown, which is like, it's hanging on your shoulders and then the rest is just loose. Um, and so I really love that visual. What are the potential landmines, um, of my current, you know, what it's like now? Um, if I don't do the basics, if I don't take my medication, if I don't sleep, if I don't do showers, if I don't brush my teeth, if I don't go to bed appropriately, I'm screwed. It's really going to expose me to overeating exercise. I don't exercise, I move. I'll repeat that again. I don't exercise, I move. There's a lot more grace from my experience in that word. Exercise became a, a very difficult word for me because it was, for me, the ability of burning my feelings. Uh, I do a green light, red light, um, and yellow light type food thing. Um, so my sponsor who is on this call, I do talk about some of the uh, yellow light items that I get into as well as the yellow and red, which is the orange. So one that's hilarious right now is mayonnaise and Montreal sea salt. Um, Montreal steak seasoning is like my jam right now. Uh, caloric density foods. And I can just, I just dominate that shit. Um, so it's something that I raise as part of my escape to my sponsor. Uh, rumination and perfectionism. I'm um, you know, I report where I'm gray uh, to my sponsor. I do that because I'm avoid feeling feelings. And so my sponsor has this amazing gift of just being quiet on the call while I share all these things. And then those like 30 second pregnant pauses lead me to the tears. And so I'm really grateful for how he approaches um, our relationship. Um, finances as well. Um, I'm really good at compulsive buying and then like setting things up and then being like, wow, I never really accommodated that I have zero time to do it, um, to use what I just set up and or manage it. I bought an arcade machine and I never used it. Like things like that. It's just like, I needed to have this and never use it. Um, so I do get additional help. Um, so I get that from outside uh, support. So I do have a professional team. I do practice skills and techniques uh, through accountability and through other people as part of this program, as well as outside. Um, I do have a safe, unconditional team of friends, um, including in my sexuality, making sure that I um, you know, feel secure and can walk through that. And we kind of talked about this, but weird fun communities. Um, like I said, ultimate Frisbee pinball. I do play Tetris, uh, the modern Tetris, et cetera, but being seen as being safe. My spiritual awakening. This is that meditation component. I hated people who could meditate um, because it's something that I really wanted. And so it just never came available to me. So if you're feeling that right now with me, keep coming back. 
because it's one of those things where I have to admit when I hate something, it's usually my higher power bringing me back to myself and then understanding that, you know what, maybe it's something that I really want and then I get envious. And then really what I may need to feel is from my experience, anger and envy. And getting off the food created a shit ton of complexities. So it's not a program of comfort. This is a program of discomfort that changes color. That's from my experience. So without food, you feel feelings are feelings and we need to embrace the suck and embracing the suck sucks. We have to endure that. And so an outside, um, an outside, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, meditation that I listened to articulated that the deer hide when stretched between two trees becomes strong through crystallisis. And so it's how you change, you know, a soft deer hide into leather. My understanding of the program, um, you know, was through thinking and now it's through doing, and now it's really listening through the program through HP. So coming to the rooms and still leveraging your thinking is an approach. Um, and then when that's not working for you, from my experience, that sounded advicey. So again, I want to disclaim from my experience that doing of the program is through hearing. And then now I'm able to prayer uh, for me, which is just simply asking and meditating. Uh, one minute. With that, I'm going oh, to end. I said yep. you got one minute. Thank you, Rick. And with that, I'm going to... Um, just say the serenity prayer um, as we transition. So God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share today. Um, you guys are all my heroes, and thank you for being of service by being present and listening to me. Thank you so much, Jared, um, for your pitch and for being of service. It's now time for questions and answers until 10.55. So whoever's got, oh, V's got, who's raised her hand, or clapping, not raising her hand, okay. Yeah, me too, I'm clapping. Yay, Jared. Hi, I'm Amy, compulsive overeater. Um, Jared, thank you. Uh, meditation. How, how did you get yourself? I'm assuming you are now sort of, sort of steadily meditating, if you'll just share on how you got there, if you got there. Sure. So again, it was, um, let's start from the five, like whatever, the three to five years I've been in program. Um, again, I had no capacity, but being aware that meditation was part of the solution, I wanted to warp zone to that. I wanted to accelerate to that. Um, from my experience, it just was unobtainium to me. So I had to just kind of continue to hear people's stories and then do the steps. And then once I did the steps and continued to start the doing of it, it became more available. So that platform, Amy, is really how it opened it up. And so again, like I like to get specific from that high level understanding because it's really as well in the tactics, but without that high level understanding and timeline, I think it's really hard to apply um, from my experience. And so with that platform, what my meditation and how I started it was I recognized that I had some learning disabilities once I started to, you know, do that. And I'm not saying it was a crutch, but for me, I use some outside tools um, and I don't know what the group conscious is. If maybe I get some thumbs up to articulate some specific outside tools that I leverage um, in order to meditate. Um, can I get a, are we comfortable with that? 
Okay, so I am getting some thumbs up. So I leverage a platform called focusmate.com. Um, and what it is, is it's like a co-working space uh, that it connects two people together um, from around the world. And so these, uh, you know, I can hop on while somebody is studying for an exam. Um, and then what I will do is go on camera and I will use a second tool called Insight Timer. And I listen to a um, walkthrough meditation from literally a single person because I have not found a second one. So feel free to reach off uh, to the side um, if you've heard any, anything similar. Um, but the, uh, the name of the person who walks me through is Sarah Blondin. And Sarah has free podcasts out there that can kind of guide you. But then she does have, you know, paywall uh, walkthroughs. And I do her most recent program, which is called um, The Deepest Self. And it's that combination, Amy, of having safety and having somebody there to know that if I'm meditating and I get scared, I can come off mute on that video and I can ask for help. And the community is so gracious um, to do that. And I get to debrief at the 50 minute mark. And so I get to explain, I got to cry, et cetera. And then that also takes pressure off my community and relationships. Um, so the benefits have been absolutely incredible. Thanks for allowing me to answer that question. Great question. Hi, Barbara. Hi, um, Barbara. Um, thank you so much, Jared. I so appreciate your, your share. I, um, I was, when I heard you talk about busyness and time stuffing, um, I can really relate to that. And, and you talked about the process of thinking, doing, hearing, asking, and meditating. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because that seems really important to me. Sure. So um, again, in that story, right? Like all I could do, my thinking is what brought me to the rooms. And so it's my maladaptive thinking um, because I could always think my way out of a paper bag, but actually I never was able to, but I thought I was able to. Um, and so I'd find adaptive ways to be highly functioning in the world. But what I found is as the complexities of life uh, came, my thinking had limitations. And so then at some point in my process, I had to face the reality that I wasn't feeling my feelings. Um, and so with that kind of background, the thinking in the rooms. So when I came to the rooms, hearing that story about the sixth, seventh and eighth, hearing about the traditions, hearing the literature, having people share their wisdom before me and connecting the fact that I came into the programs with my thinking. Then listening to the podcast, again, shout out to Cass. The, oh, I, I, and, and I just believe that like the LA, you know, group as a whole is all about the doing of the do. And so stepping through the steps with the sponsor, um, all of that stuff is part of that second step. And it's the actual initiation of that process imperfectly um, as well. And you should do both at the same time. It's not like you have to think through everything before. There's no, you know, things like that. But I think that allowing yourself to just go to meetings for a period is appropriate and becoming aware and still getting a sponsor as you're working through that uh, process. And then that leads then to once the doing the do, you start kind of unlocking these feelings and start feeling them. And then next thing you know, you get more in touch with your, your body and you're able to then be more available and have more space in your life to be able to do that. And so I'm able to now control my time stuffing a little bit more. And what, again, the definition of time stuffing, and I actually observed that this morning because I think the anxiety of having my kids and you know speaking here, I just did a bunch of things. 
Like I cleaned my kitchen. I did impulsive like showering, all that stuff. And it's okay. Like it's, it's okay. Loose garment. Um, it's better than going to the food. It's better than going to the cheesecake, which then leads to the salts and then back to the sugars. Does that help, Barbara? Okay. Wonderful. Thank awesome. you, too. Stephanie, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Carol, you can, you can go next. I just have a quick question about what OA literature um, has really helped you to navigate through these, you know, really treacherous waters in all these different areas? Anything that really um, speaks to your heart that you could share? Wow. Um, great question. So I... I currently am inverse to what I hear a lot on the podcasts again, um, which is, you know, and again, from my experience, I hear that the big book of AA is like people's thing. I love that. Like I get a lot out of that to ground and things like that, but I really have appreciated OA's 12 steps and 12 traditions, second edition. Um, and the reason why I like that is I love the way that the stories offset with the actual wisdom of the literature, which still is grounded in the big book. It just, it just hits my experience a little bit tighter. Um, and then I just really appreciate how vague with, with how vague OA is where we have to walk the proverbial tiger three times a day, um, how to navigate that ambiguity. It's not Boolean. Um, and the word Boolean is like all or nothing or black or white. It helps navigate the ambiguity from my experience uh, a little bit better. And then the other clutch one, uh, Steph, is the for today. Um, but I will articulate that with my dyslexia and the way it manifests, it is a reading narrative issue. Uh, so reading long texts, like I do not read the steps of the 12 steps on my own. So the fact that we read it out loud is the biggest gift to me, as well as I do listen to the audible versions um, I've actually read the 12 steps into a microphone and that's what I use for the 12 steps, 12 traditions. So world service, uh, feel free to, uh, uh, you know, go ahead and put an audible book out there, um, for those that may need more accessibility. And again, that's my opinion. Um, and so I, I want to disclaim that as well. Hi, my name's Carol. Thank Hi, Carol. you. Um, yeah, regarding the learning disabilities and also, um, finding a sponsor, um, I've had a real difficulty just working the program and I have a processing learning disability problem in short term. And uh, I was just wondering what kind of grace you could uh, give me regarding uh, just going to meetings, um, you know, like just having success. Just to make sure I'm reflecting the nature of the question. Um, sure. You know, thank you for your vulnerability, first and foremost, of, um, you know, sharing that you have, a, a, you know, you know, challenges that let's just say, uh, yeah. in regards to your learning. And so um, the question is, how are you, how was I graceful with myself, uh, with regards to staying consistent enough to kind of find the way uh, for me? I just or to make sure. for me. Or for yeah. you, or like, so yeah. if I was to share or give to advice, advice. Yeah. sure, yeah. sure. Um, and again, I'll share my experience and you can take uh, from it, which is um, I found the right mode or modality or way of doing something 
um, for me that worked. And it actually was similar to the way that I hacked through school. And again, hacking mean like going an alternative direction. So I would do all the questions before reading the material because again, I couldn't read the material as well as I used people to help teach me uh, how to do problems and then reverse engineer everything. And so my recommendation is be entrepreneurial for yourself. And so for those that may be unaware as to some of the components of entrepreneurial thinking from my experiences, it's first of all, uh, uh, coming from a brain of knowing that you don't know everything. And so that opens up the space, at least from my experience, to ask for help. And so sponsorship really is just asking for help in its core. I need help. My life is unmanageable. I'm powerless over food. Um, I need some help, even if that's just in a physical person um, for now. And it may grow in the future. For today, that may be enough. Um, in regards to the tactics of your, you know, uh, challenges uh, for the way that you process information, um, I would ask, I would just ask uh, people and as part of your shares, like, hey, if anybody has struggled with this, by, by all means, reach out to me, you know, after the meeting. Um, those are things that I use all the time because I, I don't know, but then it's also try it on. Um, for me, like, and my sponsor knows this, it is really hard for me to follow through. If I had to follow through with a daily opening and closing ceremony, which is what CAS A uses, my executive functioning with my ADHD precludes me from doing that. So all that's going to do is re-traumatize myself to where I'm going to go and be more susceptible to eating. And so my sponsor is graceful. My sponsor understands how I work my program, which again is to ensure that I'm not compulsively overeating. And Thank so you. defining what that is may be helpful. Thank you, Jared, so much. Thank you, Carol, for your question and everybody. Um, it is now time to close the meeting. Thanks to our speaker, Jared, um, and to those who gave service. We welcome back anyone who wishes to attend no matter where they are in the recovery process. Um, would someone please read the promises? Amy Compulsive Overeater and The Promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. After a moment of silent meditation, would you please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me this serenity. Accept the things that cannot change. Courage to change the things I can. Wisdom to know the difference. I will 
No. Keep coming back. It works. We'll it's we'll work thank you, Jared. Thank you so thank much. You. It worked. You did it. Yes. Thank you, Jared. Excellent job. Right on. Thank you, everybody, for.